0: This week, we'll continue our dialogue about making disciples as the church's primary mission, and we'll be talking with Peter Scalzo. Peter's an attorney in the Danbury area of Connecticut. He's the author of Cancer and Peace, My 15-Year Journey. He's the Celebrate Recovery Ministry Leader at Walnut Hill Community Church in Southwest Connecticut. He also works across Connecticut to promote and launch new Celebrate Recovery programs and train new leaders. Peter, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Charles. Thank you for having me. And so, Peter, for folks who don't know you, who haven't heard your podcast, read your book, uh, can you give us a little bit of bio? Sure.
1: So, in 2017, I was sent home to do an end of life process, and uh, because of a cancer journey that's in its 18th year and it's on, ongoing. And so, I had I basically left the practice of law in 2017, thinking. I was going to transition, I was going to go be with the Lord, and through a set of circumstances that I outline, specifically in my book, but also talk about on my podcast, I basically uh, entered a systemic treatment that, that worked. And so I, I am still living, of course, here I am, and my doctors are actually surprised by that. But what happened was I focused my time and energy and passion and purpose into two areas. And that is recovery, uh, specifically Celebrate Recovery, and also cancer support. So that's what I spend my time doing.
0: And so now that 15-year journey is longer today. It's probably 18 years? Yeah. Yep. 18 year journey with us. Yeah. And yeah. so, and so you got into celebrate recovery as part of that, because I know you started a cancer ministry, but then you got into celebrate. Recovery. What is for folks who don't know it, what is celebrate recovery?
1: Yeah. So I thought Charles, just very briefly, I would use my own personal story just to illustrate, you know, where recovery came into my journey. Mm. Um, in 2014, I was facing a deep marriage struggle and crisis and was experiencing a lot of pain, emotional pain. And, and, and I had been a Christian at that point for 42 years. I had been in evangelical circles for 42 years. I was a Christian college graduate, Christian law school grad. I was an elder in the church, and I had done a lot of service within the church. But I was in a place of real deep pain and really didn't know what to do with it. And I just so happened, I was, my wife and I were being counseled by someone who was a celebrate recovery pastor. And um, for one year, I did a step four, which is part of the 12 steps fearless and moral inventory. It's really just being honest, honest with myself mm-hmm. and looking deeply within myself. Um, and in the context of that, in 2014, I was launched into this Celebrate Recovery ministry. Now, if someone had told me, oh, Peter, you're going to experience a 12-step ministry, I would have said, you're crazy because mm-hmm. I don't have an addiction to drugs, alcohol, porn, that. So I'm like, how is a recovery ministry, how is a 12-step ministry space going to really work effectively effectively in my life? And so um, in 2014, uh, that's when I... Did that deep dive and what I call the inner journey and also a discipleship journey, too, I found out. And so Celebrate Recovery for me has been the tool or what I like to say, the vehicle that God has used in my life to bring about healing, freedom, maturity, emotional maturity, that, that whole bit. I I supplement CR with e- emotionally healthy spirituality Pete Scazzaro. I've got some other tools that I use, and it's all on my website. I give these tools, but um, Celebrate Recovery is the tagline for it, is that it's for anyone with a hurt habit or hang up. And that's sort of the draw. And it's a ministry that came out of Saddleback Church, Rick Warren, John Baker in 1991. It's all over the world right now. It's in 35,000 plus churches and and spaces in internationally, we're actually working with someone right now bringing it to Kenya, Africa. So it's, it's this 12 step ministry that's where the higher power is Jesus Christ. And, um, uh, and, and so it's, it's run just like a recovery ministry. And as I was, you know, I'm, I'm in my ninth year. And so I've, I've been a leader within our church, I've been a leader in the state and Uh, you and I were talking and I was like, wow, I know right now I know of no more effective discipleship tool. There probably Mm. are others, but, but for me, it's been Celebrate Recovery, but it's, it's always viewed as, well, it's for those people. And I'm, I found out that I'm one of those people.
0: (laughs) Well, well, and Ken Shigamatsu uh, wrote a book, uh, "God and My Everything," uh, and his point was we're all addicted to something just to cope with life and and so if if we don't think we're addicted, it means we haven't spent the time reflecting mm-hmm. to figure out what our addiction is yeah. or we need people in our lives to help us figure out our addiction, right? There's not somebody with a trusted voice to say that. Um, cause I, th- I think he, more and more he's right. Right. Jesus pointed out the addiction, right? Sell everything you have, you're addicted to your stuff. Right. And Wesley creates the 22 questions of self-examination. I remember we were talking, this was the thing. I mean, there's so many parallels between what Wesley is doing to spiritually form people in what was the fastest growing religious movement in the world and what Celebrate Recovery is doing is, and you just hit on this first piece, is that this fearless inventory, which is also an AA thing, right? And they, Mm -hmm. they of course got what they do from the church Mm -hmm. and what Wesley's doing and what Jesus, they're all pointing to, okay, we need to figure out what's wrong with you. Call it addiction, call it something else, but we need to figure out what's wrong with you. And you have things wrong with you, you know, you have things wrong with you, you know, and hide, and you have things wrong with you, you don't know. Mm -hmm. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, all I knew was that I was in pain in 2014 and I did this inventory for a full year and got involved in a step study. But I think, I think why CR was so effective for me, um, was that it created a safe space. Uh, CR has guidelines. So the guidelines are things like, um, I am me statements only. No one can fix me. No one is there to fix me. Uh, Anonymity, confidentiality, uh, things like that. And it created this safety so that when I went into these groups with other men, men with men, women with women, I could confess the secret sins, the things within me without any shame or condemnation, because I knew that each person was confessing their own stuff. Their own mm-hmm. sins and condemnation. So, when I introduced myself in CR, I found out that my addiction um, is really to uh, what we call codependency in CR, which is really um, the approval, the attention, the recognition from others. In other words, people mm-hmm. and performance-based thinking, perfectionistic thinking, and and really taking my eyes off God and putting them on what people think about me. Um, And then as I drilled down, I found out I had issues with unhealthy anger, resentment, uh, fear, anxiety. And so and this list kept growing. And then, um, you know, in James, it says to confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. And I I
0: always point out that we don't we, we don't know what that verse, what he must have meant. It's very unclear. The one thing we're sure it didn't mean is confess your sins to one another. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So the other thing that I love about CR is that I finally understood the don't speak about the speck in your brother's eye until you've removed the log in your own eye. So I'm so used to dealing with the log in my own eye, I never even get to the speck in my brother's eye. But what I found out is as I journey through the 12 steps, the first three steps were about peace with God. Because we come in, that's what I love about CR. It's really blessed are the poor in spirit. We come into a place where we don't have the answers. When yeah. we're in pain, we need our higher power. And then we, we recognize Jesus is our higher power and then turn our lives and will over. And then we immediately go into this inventory stage. And because we're seeking for God's healing and purpose in our lives and for him to touch us. And then after we do that, um, peace with God, peace with ourselves, then we can turn to others and we can start making amends and, and doing those things. And that's, that's the peace with others stage. So this is the really the 12-step process. And the beauty of it is along the way, you incorporate sponsors, accountability partners, and people are trained to come alongside other people within this process.
0: Well, and, and you mentioned this point about people-pleasing right? And that's Wesley's first question. He just doesn't use that there, right? It's 22 questions of self-examination to help people figure out what is wrong with me. And the first question is, do you try and make people think better of you than you really are? Mm -hmm. And most of us would say yes, right? Yes.
1: Yeah. I know I am, but we go back in in recovery. We go back to your family of origin. Mm. So we go back to the way you're raised because we find that In formative years, there's a lot of we'll call them character defects or sins that are established. And then there's there's this tape rolling around in the, you know, like for my life, my whole life. And so we go back to those formative years. We actually have a tool that we use. Who was the person that hurt me? What happened? What was my emotional response? What damage did it cause? But then what's my part? Like, what did I take away from there? And, you know, I can tell you in, in my own journey, my performance-based thinking and all that is based on my family of origin. It goes back to my formative years.
0: Yeah. I was, I was reading something yesterday. Actually, it was a Babylon Bee thing a couple of days ago. And they're saying about raising your kids, you know, like um, what you say, I'm not going to make the mistakes my parents made. <laughs> the reality, you're going to make all the mistakes your parents made. Yeah. Because we don't know how to operate out of something else, right? It's there, right now. That's making light of it. There are cases where you can, where people are very intentional about. I'm not. I don't make that mistake, and I stop the pattern and stuff like that. Um, But for most of us, it's we just kind of do what our what we learned, right? Um, And 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 I always think we change three things. We we take out three things our parents did wrong, and we add our own three things, right?
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Recovery is a process. It's not a destination. So we're always like I'm. Still heavily involved in my own recovery. That's why I do it. And so I'm, you know, in nine years still discovering things about myself um, that God wants to reveal.
0: And and you mentioned there's a sponsor in this at some point. And so that's somebody I'm I'm kind of interpreting from what I know about AA. So that's person that was available to me, who has made a commitment to me to work with me through this. At three o'clock in the morning, I can call that person and they're there. You know, Wesley is doing the same thing, right? He's got, we wouldn't he wouldn't have called it a sponsor, but you've got this group leader and that's their job. And they're meeting with you every week, right? Just like you come to the meeting every week in AA or in Celebrate Recovery, you're going to the meeting every week with Wesley. There's so many parallels that it, 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 it does make me wonder if when Jesus says, go make disciples, he's really saying, you all need to go through recovery. I you're, mean- you're- you're yeah. broken you're fundamentally yeah. broken you're trained by a sinful world yeah. and we need to fix that if you want to if you want to live in the peace i promise you all that needs to get worked through i just know in my own life charles you know i was 42 years in the evangelical church ever
1: since age 10 and i there were things i had never confessed to anyone i just didn't feel safe yeah and it wasn't until i got to recovery and god had told me in 2000 and five in my first surgery down at Memorial Sloan Kettering, first cancer surgery, that he was going to do spiritual surgery on me also. I didn't know what that meant. But 10 years later, I found out in the halls of recovery, in the rooms of recovery,
0: uh, what, what that actually meant. And, and Wesley would say you can't have revival without confession of sins because there's okay. a power that not, not sharing it somehow has on us that we can't see. And I don't, maybe there's smarter people than me that understand it, but there's a power that sin keeps on us when it's not confessed and not shared. That probably relates to the shame, but maybe other things too. Is I mean, that- I can't tell you how many
1: times I've been in a group where a guy has said, I've never told anyone this, but. Yeah. And I could, you could just see the healing and freedom come over him as he confesses, not even because we have a whole nother step after you confess that sin. What do you, what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. And We have this whole other journey where it's, how does it manifest itself in my life? Journaling that, what does God have to say? Say, praying a prayer, but you know, because that's about, this is a program of sanctification. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a program of, uh, you, you know, maturing in, in Christ. And there's an emotional component to it also, you know, because I, I was an emotion stuffer and we're encouraged to feel our feelings, but of course not let those feelings rule over us, but but that emotions play a part in the, in the process. So I've experienced more growth in the past nine years than I did in the 42 years. However, I think recovery is one tool, one vehicle. Like um, recovery does not give you a an in depth knowledge of scriptures. You know what I mean? It's there's yeah. scriptures are used as a scriptural program, and it cover and it the eight principles cover the beatitudes, but but it, it doesn't give you an in depth view of script scripture. I had I had uh, you know done that on my own personally, so I came into recovery with that no- knowledge, and suddenly those scriptures became alive to me that, for, for instance, remove the log in your own eye. I was always like, well, I'm not quite sure what that means, but it yeah. wasn't until I, I got into recovery that I'm like, wow, Yeah. I've got a big log in, in my eye. And I'm so focused on my own brokenness that I'm not looking at other people saying, oh my gosh, you know, look at the sin in their lives. They come into it too saying, hey, I need to confess this. And I'm like, great, this is a safe space, do it.
0: Yeah, and and you you made uh, an important distinction there, I think, because AA, uh, many of us will know as an organization that came out of the church is based on Christian things, but is no no longer an overtly Christian um, recovery program. Where Celebrate Recovery is overtly Christian, uh, and and I don't know if it's delivered by anybody but churches. Is that am I right in that? Yeah,
1: it's right? really under because part of the DNA of CR is to be under the supervision of the local church. I mean. One fifth of our people struggle with drugs and alcohol. One fifth. The other, it's it might be anger, grief, people going through uh, losing someone, divorce. Um, really, people, food issues. All people come into our into the recovery rooms with any issue. They're just in pain, and they're and they're ready for God to do a work in their in their lives, and they they don't find this kind of openness within the church itself.
0: Well, well, we don't. We don't have a mecca. I think about this. You use the term evangelical. Not all of us are comfortable with that term anymore because it's been Sorry. so loaded down. No, no, no. It's it's fine. It's a good term. It's just been so loaded down with political right. baggage. People get the wrong idea of what we're talking about. But we we theologically evangelical um, don't really spend a lot of time on self reflection. There's not a natural you know, right. The day I got saved, nobody said, "Okay, now we need to start talking about what is really in a helpful, healthy way. What's wrong with you?" Because we want to help you become more like Jesus, not leave you stuck where you are. And so I think, I, so I, I finally took Wesley's questions only in the last year. So similar to you, right? So many years. I've been a Christian for 35 years and it was only in the last year I took his questions because I didn't know how to do it. And just spent a day going through all the questions, praying about them, pondering them, journaling about them to try and figure out. And, and a part of me is saying, we need people to help us with this, and they're celebrate recovery. Who's doing exactly that? The issue is many of us don't think celebrate recoveries for us because we can cope with our problems. We think, mm-hmm. um, and so, and that's for people who've made a mess of their life with mm-hmm. their addictions. I'm not that. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair dynamic? Do you think?
1: It it is. I think there's still a stigma with the word recovery. and, And we've tried to say, well, let's call it something else. But it's really the distinctiveness of this program. Personally, for me, I find it amazingly refreshing to be in a program with people who struggle, for instance, with drugs, alcohol, porn, whatever it is, because they understand the concept of powerlessness. They walk into this place and they know that they need a savior. They need God in their lives. They can't manage their lives without God. And really I look at my life and I say, oh my gosh, I can't manage. I'm not in control of my marriage ended. I'm divorced. I, I had a daughter go through a a very serious drug addiction journey and I'm 18 years in a, in a very serious cancer struggle. That's, and so I can't you know, people place, I don't, I don't have control. I only have control over how I'm going to re, re, respond. Uh, and so uh, I know my powerlessness and um, I just find it so refreshing to be in with a group of people that, that need Jesus.
0: You know, imagine, life itself. Yeah, you know we're trying to figure out how do you make disciples, right? Cause we, we our research has, uh, con, you know, unanimously across New England with leaders is just the church isn't good at making disciples. Um, and that's manifests itself in all kinds of ways. And you know, it's there, there's a sense I have, I have this idea that, well, it's right in front of us. It's celebrate recovery, which is basically, and I keep making a connection to what Wesley did. It's, you know, it's It's this, it's all the same principles. It's, we need a process by which we help you figure out what your real issues are. We so I'm going to, yeah,
1: Charles, I'm going to say one caveat that Rick Go Warren ahead. says, and it's, it's this, CR works for people who have a felt need. That's what Rick, how, how Rick Warren says it. Yeah. I say there's got to be some, a certain pain level in your life where you're willing to park in the parking lot, walk through that church, and walk it through the doors of Celebrate Recovery.
0: Gordon McDonald has said a couple of times uh, uh, in events that we've done and and conversations we've had that the church needs to look at AA to understand. And he said, I went to AA for a year, not because I was an alcoholic, but because I wanted to see what they did and how they did it. And so he spent a year there. He said the AA has a lot to teach the church about building community. Mm -hmm. And he he said, every pastor should go to AA for a year. We could do worse than, than look at celebrate recovery as a model for disciple making.
1: I mean, we, we, when I stand up, I say, we, we say, this is our forever family. Our CR space is our forever family, because I can tell those men in CR things I've never told anyone and Mm -hmm. feel safe. Now that's, that is a gift. And, and, and I give permission to my sponsor to speak into my life and he does. Hmm. He'll he'll ask me questions. We we meet regularly, and and I have sponsees that I'm speaking into into their lives. And so for me, sponsor, mentor, whatever you want to call it, it is discipleship. Yeah. I mean, we are speaking into other guys' lives,
0: and that's another parallel to what Wesley was doing: is you go into the group and you give permission for them to point out anything in your life that is not of Jesus and they're going to do it in a healthy way and pray for you. And and by the way, Wesley had confession of sins too, right? There was a whole different mechanism he had to confess our sins to one another. So it's fascinating to me that he had such an effective disciple making movement and there's so many parallels with celebrate recovery. And we're trying to figure out how we do disciple making. And it's kind of, maybe it's right there. Maybe that's what we need to just figure out. How do we, how do we do that? Just put another label on it for these people, right? And, I mean, you and,
1: know, here I am, I'm, I'm an attorney for the church. I did all I did all the effect for lots of Christians and churches in my area. I'm an elder in the church. But my marriage is falling apart. My family's falling apart. And it was that pain that drove me into recovery. And yeah. And, uh, and God intended what was intended for harm, God used for good uh, yeah. in, my, in my life and in my family's life. Now with my kids, you know, because I'm, I'm taught through CR to listen, uh, to, to not give advice unless asked, to create a safe space for them and use I and me state statements only. And my kids, you know, I have six adult children and one grandchild now, and they're, they're dealing with life. They tell me things I don't even want to know, <laughs> but I, I respectfully listen and yeah. not hover and just, you know, try to be a safe person for them.
0: Yeah. yeah. Love them. Treat them the way you would want them to be treated. Right. Yeah, All right. That. And, and so, so Peter, if folks want to learn more either about Celebrate Recovery or about your own personal journey, uh, you mentioned uh, a, a podcast and website, where, where can they go to find out more about both?
1: I mean, for my personal journey, and we use recovery, what what we did was I felt led to, in January, start a, a website called cancerandpeace.com. And very quickly, it's it's how can I find inner peace within the cancer journey? It's really for any journey. And we use recovery tools. So it's just cancerandpeace.com. It's one word. But we do a weekly podcast. We have guests on it going through cancer struggle who are also part of the recovery journey. And on that website, there's resources. You can go to the celebrate recovery resource, emotionally healthy spirituality, a wild at heart. There's some resources that have really helped me in my own inner journey Mm -hmm. through this cancer space.
0: Okay. And how, how, if they want to find more information on celebrate recovery, maybe they're interested in their church or something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are, like 14 very active CRs in this in the state right now with others coming on board and you, you can just go on the celebrate recovery national website type in your zip code or town and they'll point you to the nearest celebrate recovery or,
0: uh, or resources to start one
1: yeah same i mean they could the, there's they could contact me there's um uh, i help our, we have two state reps Yep. Uh, for so you're, in Conne-
0: you're in Connecticut, right? Yes. But, yep. Right. Our yep. listeners are in all six New England states.
1: Yeah. Yep. So and each state has their own state rep, and they're more than happy to answer questions. And you know, starting a CR is is its own yep. journey.
0: And um, and you can find those people though by going to celebraterecovery dot org.
1: Correct. I yeah, I think it's dot org. But yes, on that site, and they'll they will direct you to the state rep for your right. particular state.
0: Thanks, Peter. Thanks so much for uh, our personal friendship over the years, of course. Um, But thank you for your ministry, and thanks for making time for us today.
1: Sure. Thank Thank you very much for having me,
0: Charles. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And thank Jessica Mangano, our producer, and our listeners. This program is created by Vision New England, which accelerates evangelism by helping the church make disciples, do justice, and foster unity to share Jesus and transform people's lives. You can find more resources and donate at visionnewengland.org. This program is brought to you by our friends at the Luis Palau Association who are dedicated to proclaiming the good news, uniting the church and impacting cities worldwide. God bless you and thanks for listening.